I would get bored if I just did one thing. My predecessors uh, were expected to do it all. And so uh, I, I do it as well. And it all is part of the stew. Smoke clouds out of being struck, rimmed up. Blue and white, so the blue and whites got us hemmed up. Niggas filmed us. Either you sell drugs or you a pimp, sir. Excuse me, but my limb, bro. Come be noticed why I was driving. Use the old bitch, bro. And my loud mouth got me this far. Respect everything but a diss, bro. Just came back from Hollywood, found out Hollywood ain't shit, cuz. Other side of my mother's side asked me when I ride with the blip, blur. If you ain't ride when your homie die, you just sat and cried like. Like a bitch, what? Cops pull me over, cop in California, California for the week. I'm just a project nigga, I'm just a project nigga. That's all I'll ever be. That's all. 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 That's all I'll ever be. All ass whoopings in the world come keep a nigga in the crib. Looking out the window, grandma house, seen niggas shooting New Year's. Got two tears, got two kids, had two cases, got two clear, got two. I love California, but I'm from here. I'm from C H I C A G O. Where they just blow, and they just blow. Kill the motherfucker around the corner, little nigga, but he probably with your homie just a day before. And the AC blows, but they got poles. They got holes. And they do shows. And they got clothes. Cops pull me over, cops in California, California for the week. I tell you this, Bobby Schmurder just came home. You know that Epic Records. Passed me over to sign Bobby Schmurt. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got an album with, um, I can't think of this guy's name right that's funny. Uh, he produced a bunch of joints off 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, uh, Shy Money. Shy Money produced a 13 track, 11 tracks album for me that we never put out. I was about to sign with Epic. He produced the album for whatever reason, and I, I killed I'm going to release it one day. We gotta talk about splits or whatever, whatever. But I'm gonna release it one day. It's it's an amazing timepiece, actually, from like 2015, 2016, or whatever, 2014, maybe when when Bobby got signed. And uh, looking back at it, Joe, just you know, I, I look at Bobby's in, in his videos and shit. He be dancing. He got a certain energy, Joe. Man, I definitely don't blame them people, Joe. He, he definitely an energy. Even now, all he need is a good song. He need one good song. He gonna make a hundred million dollars. That's real. Well, I also feel like, as like you say, you were running from fame. Like shit worked out on your end too. That you know you don't have to be as in front of the camera. It really feels like you're you know releasing your art on your own timeline. Like you know you're the only one you're accountable. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, man. I'm not. I'm not in no rat race, man. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be uh, nothing other than who I am, man. I'm trying. To, I'm trying. I got. I got a plan already outside of music. It should. It, I should retire well and give me a, a bar on the beach in Jamaica. That's that's already destined if God permits it. Uh, this music thing is something that I was I put my life into it. I gave music. I quit. A, I quit a eight thousand dollar a year job to travel around the world and be broken and famous. That's what music is. Mm -hmm. You know, I got songs with everybody, really. You know, and if you're not that top one percent, you fall to that zero percent. Just to make an example. Um, I took a picture with this one guy. Uh, I can't even think of the song he made at the time, but it was the hottest song. Bobby Johnson. He made a song called Bobby Johnson. Long story short, he was like, he had a big single when I first came out. And uh, I haven't heard from him since. But he had a great, he had a huge single. It was huge for that summer. That's what the game do to you, Joe. It eats you up and spits you out. People who learn to to coast and on their wave and, and stay, stay afloat, those are the real legends.
you know, but I, at, at, at the other end, I also realized why there are Andre 3000s and um, Erica Badu's and Lauren Hill's, people who get to a certain climax in the game and they just say, fuck it, I got I got a million dollars at least. I can, mm-hmm. I, I can really disappear in this world and live a great life and not have to deal with people always want to run up on you and, and give you their opinion. You know, it's, it's a greater life in anonymity than it is in fame. You know, do you know? You think about Drake and Jay Z. Yo, they can't walk down the street. It's actually a jail. It's, it's a jail. You gotta get paid a lot of money to to be in that jail, where you can control. You can where you can block off a whole block, two, three, four blocks, just so you can go to a movie theater. Or you can go to go shopping. It's a lonely life. You gotta have people who understand it and they rock with that. But continue. I'm sorry. Don't let me keep on rambling. I've had a few drinks and I'm a great curator. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pause real quick, do our usual intros. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. It's a Zim. You got Eric on the line. We're talking to a legend in my eyes for sure. MC Tree. Mm-hmm. MC Tree G. Please put MC the G. G. Don't forget the G. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate all the gems you've been dropping already. I'd be interested, like this understanding of you know the downside of fame. Like, was that something that you came into the game with when you first started making music, or is that something that you learned, you know, from the years experiencing it firsthand? Bruh. To be honest with you, man, I've been loving music my whole life. I started making music when I was maybe 15, 16, 16, 17. And uh, I started putting out a few mixtapes, and then she started getting traction. And then all of a sudden, MTV put out a top five mixtape list in 2010, 2011. You can go look at 2012. Look it up. And I have been recording and making beats in my in my uh, room at my apartment. And... MTV put out a top five best mixtapes of 2012. That was 2012. And on this mix, on this top five mixtapes, it was Future, it was Young Thug, it was Rick Ross, it was Gunplay, and then it was Tree. All these people were signed. These people were on the stage. They were like, you know, get money. I was just a cat from Chicago, and I, I, I put out this music, you know what I'm saying, and, and it landed. It just happened to land up here with everybody else. And I had grew up, like I said, I just ride around the projects, Cabrini Green, listening to Lauren Hill, listening to Outkast, listening to Jay-Z, the Dynasty album. It's around the time I would start becoming to who I was going to be. But I always heard these classics and these great things. Even in my music now, you can hear the Lauren Hill, you can hear the Outkast, you can hear the DMX, you can hear the Jay-Z, you can hear the Locks. I got all that. You know, I, I came up under all of that. But I landed on this mixtape list, and, and immediately I was... People was like, oh, we want you to come here and do a show for $5,000. First show I ever did, I didn't, I didn't even know the words to my songs. But they, had, they gave me some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you do that five, six times. You know, and I was just, like, excited about the fame and shit. I used to show up drunk and <laughs> put on horrible shows. Like, I put on horrible shows. Like, this was, I wasn't a superstar, but I was one of the best people that I had ever heard. I used to mimic the greatest. Mm-hmm. I used to mimic Tupac and Biggie. Nas, all my music is something I heard before, and I'm the best at, at mocking and making, even though I, my voice makes it seem something different. The way I bring it is all modern and, and, and my approach to it. But uh, Tupac taught me that. Biggie taught me that. Nas taught me that. Lauryn Hill taught me that. It's like using the voice as an instrument, right? i tell you, for example, R. Kelly, all, all the bad shit that come with him, let's stick to the music. R. Kelly is one of the greatest people I've ever heard harmonize. And I mean everybody included. I mean everybody included. But then when you look at his 
riffs and his, his melodies and how he, how he construct a song. He ripped everything from Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, James Brown, Michael Jackson, Peebo Bryson. He, he, he ripped all their style, they melody, they swag. And it's the elevation of the game, which is music, Joe. You take from your forefathers. And that's exactly what I did. Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, that makes me think about the difference between influence and exposure, too, though, because, like, at the same time, you're naming a lot of really big artists. There's a lot of artists who, you know, may have more followers or whatever, but at the same time, like, you can hear the tree influence in them, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes that influence doesn't necessarily translate over to exposure. Like, it's dope how you're, be, you're able to kind of move anonymously and, like, not have to have that downside of being in the public eye, but at the same time, you can still see how, like, the seeds that you planted are like coming to fruition down the line man i got a i got a lyric in my song on soul trap the album i just put out i got a line in there where i say if i sound like them uh i can't think of it right now i've been drinking it for a little bit but it says uh mm-hmm. that's why i don't do live shows i forget my lyrics <laughs> 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 they're gonna know whenever they listen though when they listen to the tape they're gonna know what you're referring to though if i sound like them you don't know of me if they sound like me you don't know of me or some shit like that. But I'm pretty much saying that it's a lot of people took my style. Uh, you think about it, Joe. I've been underground for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I was buzzing with the Joy Badasses, with the Chance the Rappers, with the Cheap Keeps. When I first came out in Chicago, it was kind of like a, they was the newspapers, the blogs. They was pitting me against Cheap Keep. And then they put me, they pit me against King Louie. Then they pit me against Chance the Rapper. And the whole time I was praising these guys. Like, I listen to their music, they great. Well, not so much the drill, because it was a negative, negative shit that I wasn't dealing with, just because I'm aware. But throughout my career, man, they, they always pit me against the other artists in Chicago, which I feel like may have hindered me a little bit. But it was it was actually pros and cons or, or, or comparison. I was the only option to everybody else. And then Chance came along with it, you know. I was so glad for Chance. I, I remember being in, in record label meetings with A&R's and multiple labels. And I was like, you ever heard of this kid Chance? And we seen him talking about me a deal. I said, like, you ever heard of this kid Chance? Man, I fuck everybody else. Like, he, he, he way better than God. He cold. I used to say all this shit. And then my man said, nigga, if you don't stop saying no stupid shit like that, we trying to get you a check. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what that also speaks to is, is your sense of authenticity, too, because it's not like you didn't you didn't allow that circumstance or even being in that room stop you from also giving your flowers, you know? Man, I honestly felt like I had a great relationship with Chance at the time and that, you know, in, in Chicago, almost, I don't know if it's another other place, but we feel like one of us makes all of us make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always time for redemption. You know, I was always a, a lot older than everybody else. When when I finally, you know, started hitting the, the, the scene, people started writing about me, I was 28. Chief Keep was 16. Chance Rapper was 17. And I was just this, like, you know, I guess wise uh, of all spoken guy. And, and, and I always answer questions with, with great connotation and, and, and great quotes and shit. And um, it worked. It worked. And somehow, you know, it looked about like Chance Chance was the one who came out the better. You know, I think he was about 30, 40, 50, 60 million. He did really well. <laughs> he did really well. <laughs> and I'm glad to see their brother do it. You know what I'm saying? Chance cut me a check last year. Oh, that's love. I had made a quote on Facebook, Instagram, shit like, this nigga worth $30 million. They nigga paid me $1,000 for uh, Hey Ma, the song called 10 Day. That's the album that I sent them me. And I sent them a, a track. He said, man, well, I didn't send him a track. I sent it to Vic Spencer. I mean, yeah, Vic Spencer. 
And then he said, Chance going to Chance come. He said, man, I need this track. I said, man, if you want, you can have it. He said, man, I do whatever. I said, no, you need to have it, brother. And then he put it on 10 Day, and then Chance became Chance. And uh, years later, like, I guess they sent me $1,000 years ago. I don't remember getting the check. That's how I ran through this money. But uh, years later, I had put a post like, man, that's all you got. That's all I got, $1,000 for that song. So he called me. <laughs> he called me. The next morning, he called me. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like, yo, hey. And I was like, man, I was just bullshit. He said, man, hey. Whatever you feel like you need for that song, Joe, I'll give it to you. I said, man, Joe, no, nah, man, Joe, me, did you even fuck with me and you even acknowledging? I mean, you, I said, you get to schools and everything. I had a real conversation. I said, man, I don't, I don't need nothing from you, Joe. I said, for me to ask for anything, Joe, would just be Joe, me, me, me begging or me, me being greedy. And uh, I think like uh, a week later, I thought about it. I was like, I can go to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, man, Joe, you know, I thought about it again, you know. Maybe we can turn that 1000 to 10000 We'll call it even. And the man cut me a check for $10,000. That's love. That's a chance to rap with Joe. That's a real story. I ain't never told nobody that. That's dope. So with that, I took that and I, and I helped finish restoring a building that I was restoring. And I sold it and made me a couple of dollars. So God is good. So you've been dabbling in the real estate space as well? Yeah, man, I'm a little older, man. I got to, I can't work no job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't work no job. Yeah, man, I had to find a way to, to get out the uh the rat race. Even me coming me coming back to music, like I stopped doing music for like five years. I ignored everything. I got show requests all over the different places all over the world. Five years and I ignored MC Tree G at gmail.com and my tree G beats at gmail.com. I just ignored it. And I got 40,000 unread emails right now. And it's because I found financial freedom and I was able to go out here and see the world. Mm-hmm. And before this music, man, I was a player, man. I used to keep suits on and shit, man. I used to, man, listen, man. I used to work downtown, North Michigan Avenue, Jordan, and, and, and women from all over the world used to come down there and stay on Michigan Avenue and they come and buy shoes and got them invite us out. And, and <laughs> I, was, I was a player, way for music. The music, I just like music. And I started doing music and this and being honest, Joe, I had way more better times before music and after music, even right now living my best life. At 38 years old, I'm living my best life. Music ain't do shit but make me popular in the city where they kill their rappers. Mm. If you think about 2020, Chicago lost 20, 30, 40 different rappers. They killing you. They see you at a red light or a deli spot and they shoot you up and they rap about it. They become rappers. Yeah, I'm double fame. I don't want none of that shit. I release my music and people beg me to pull it out. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a few times too, just traveling the world and like, you know, I feel like you really have to live to create, you know, and like all of the experiences that right. you have to be able to like leave, right. you know, right. take in some life from out, take in new perspectives. At the, same come time, back. at the same time, you go on my Instagram, you see I'm traveling the world, Joe, but I won't dare put out a video. I got some incredible songs. I can go find whoever producer, whatever, you know, director, and spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a dope ass video to make this music pop, pop. Put it on World Star. Put twenty thousand. I put it on the big screen. Like that. That's all the possibility. But when you're in peace with self, Joe, like Joe, man, fame, that, that shit gonna gonna kill me. Look what they did to Duck. Look what they did to Vine. Look what they did to the, the other fifty, two hundred, other three thousand other rappers in the last five years in, in Chicago. So I'm going to get to this point in my life where I'm at peace and elite. I'm, 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 I'm raising my children. I've been famous, famous and broke, which is the worst type of famous. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to this particular point, even though I feel like I'm putting out the best music of my life. 
and I'm gonna shoot a video, put my face in it, and still live in Chicago. And, and you gonna, in a year later, you talk about how that and he was a great guy, man. He really deserved to get shot twenty times in the head. That's real. Just like being able to just seamlessly still create, do what you got to do, but also realize the power and and not having to always be in front of a camera, right? Hey, man, all the songs that I put out, the, the Soul Trap Joe, them all, the, all them songs, three, four, five, six, seven years old. I had the song with Rock Marciano for seven years. I had the song with, with King Louis for four, five years. Ducking fame. I could have put these shits out when they was in the, the, the prime of their career. And it would help me get on everybody tour and help me to do some views. And I could have did this and did a TikTok and made some money off my views and shot videos for four, five thousand and returned to a hundred thousand cash. You know how the game go. I could have did all that. Man, I, I, I went to Cuba. I went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I didn't, I didn't stay up in the Ritz. I went to the hood, Joe, and I had, you know what I'm saying, I had, I had people making meals from, from what they eat. I, I ate with the, with the people, the natives, and, and, and I'm tree. So I'm not a rapper. I, I just so happen to can rhyme. I can rhyme. That's what I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can make beats. I always been in love with music. I always loved it. Certain songs touched me even since I was a kid. And I always knew that I was going to get older and I was going to fuck with the music somehow. And I just didn't, didn't know it would become so easy to me or it would be so impressive to others that's the truth and i only started putting out my music because i wanted other people to hear to tell me that i was really just good like tell me i ain't lying to myself like sometimes you know people can be delusional mm-hmm. i hear rappers and they they like rappers to sell a house to make a stupid ass video in the song shitty uh i've seen that it'd, it'd be, a lot of times it'd be ego so you know a real man gonna check his ego and i always check my ego and more importantly I had a lot of people fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Ghostface album. I ain't never met Ghostface. And I'm on his album. I've never met him. I ain't tried to meet him. He's been in Chicago a bunch of times. I ain't never tried to. I ain't no fan-ass nigga either. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you can, you know what I'm saying? I, I went to Belize. I went to Puerto Rico in the last month. I don't give a fuck about meeting nobody famous. Because I got also saying one of my songs, Floating. That's what it's called. I'm doing everything these niggas do. They got a deal. They just ain't got the nigga chains on I ain't got the nigga diamonds in my mouth and gold teeth and shit. And I definitely ain't carrying no guns and ain't nobody trying to kill me. That's the difference. And being able to move in a way where you can wake up, do some real estate, you can wake up, record a track, wake up, go back into the archives and release something from five to seven years ago. And I think that speaks to just even the way your mind moves about just longevity. Yeah, you know, I mean, not even that. It's just that, you know, I feel like my music is timeless. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I had felt at any moment of time that this this particular song, no matter who, I got songs with, I, mean, I turned down songs with Gucci. I turned down songs with, with, with so many other different artists. I just don't give a fuck about, you know what I'm saying? If I don't like it, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. If I don't like it, I don't like it. That's the end of it. We ain't got to talk no more. and We ain't got to even be enemies about it. I just don't like it. Yeah. I feel like, I, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was going to say, like, I feel like one one thing that comes across, like, in your music and in this conversation is that, like, it feels like you just have a very, like, curious mind in terms of, like, going after new experiences and, like, exactly, you know, yeah. on the production tip, like, I feel like you're experimenting with new sounds and, like, you never, like, staying on one kind of vibe. Like, it seems like you're always, like, soaking up more to kind of then, like, put your own spin on it, if that makes sense. Hey, the real of it is this, man. I've always been mature. I'm the same person now that I was at 14 years old, at 12, 13. And I remember talking about older brothers and cousins into letting me join the gang, into letting me smoke weed, 
and they would beat me up and take my fucking cigarettes and shit like that. You know, I, I rap about this type of shit in my music. Who I am now is who I'm supposed to be, who I was always going to be. I probably, I probably would be in politics if I didn't have a criminal record. This music shit is, is the small part of, of reality. This is this is anybody who can rhyme could jump in the studio, put on some clown ass outfit, and a hundred thousand people would think they the best thing smoking. Uh, what I talk about in my music, Joe, is, is is my life. I ain't I ain't rhyming clock with block and stop with top and cop and all that goofy shit. And I ain't always on drugs and, and I ain't that ain't my life. I ain't got nothing to prove. I don't care. <laughs> that makes any sense, like Joe. I don't care. You know, what I'm saying I, I got a couple. So there's no, there's no pressure then. Yeah, like you, you just mean, go, you go I, about your day. I also know the reality of it, Joe. If I cared about it, then people should be worried. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, other rappers. I think if I really wanted to be like the best, like it would be nothing. I, I got the capital. I got the budget to do it. Uh, I'm actually just trying to stay out the way, man. I got a good life without this shit, and I seen the rigors and the bullshit that come with the game. More importantly. My music, Joe, it comes from life experience. I have to live. I have to travel. You know, when I tell you about this, when I'm, the shit I'm rapping about, Joe, this is my real life. I got, I just documented. Go on my time, the, the, the short stint, the little four, five years that Instagram is captured. And I'm able to give, Joe, that's, that's my real life. I'm talking about my videos. The few videos I did shoot for We Grown Now, the album, which is my best release, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's my best release because it's a soul truth. I made that album in seven days, nine days, seven, nine days. I don't know. I was off wow. ecstasy, smoking a whole bunch of weed. At that point in time, I had two, three of my ex-girlfriends living with me. We was all going out to the strip club every night. I call that in the videos and shit, too. I don't record every day. I might not record for a year. I might not make a beat for two years. But when I do, it's, it, but, but when I made We Grown Now, it was like I want to record. And I record this album in nine days. I remember it was right after I did the GOAT mixtape. And, um, yeah, man, it was just off the top of the head. I, I record two, four, six bars at a time. Stop, record, stop, record, stop, record. And, uh, that shit come out perfect, man. That shit come out perfect every time. I'm, I'm, I'm Houdini with this shit. So I don't need no paper. I don't need no pen. Give me the mic. Get out the room. Stop talking. I'm gonna press record. And matter of fact, you can't even be here when I'm recording because when I get to my most, most memorable songs and shit, when I get to singing and all that goofy shit, when I talk you doing all that shit, yo, I'm, it's me in the room. I don't want nobody around, Joe, because I'm I'm being my most I'm being my most self. And mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta have a bravado around other guys and, and other other women. And so you know, and I like to make music without having given a fuck because I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you think. The fact that people like it is, is that's exhilarating. Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's like a drug in itself. That people you like me, you like when I do this shit that I'm embarrassed to even play in front of the niggas who kill people. Well, that's the interesting part, too, because it's like you're talking about, you know, staying anonymous and being low key. But then at the same time, like you said, like in your music, too, like there is that authenticity. You are like, you know, I, I don't like using the word vulnerable because that doesn't sound vulnerable to me, but it's just like open. You know, it's like I am okay. vulnerable. I'm, I'm from Chicago. I first started putting my music out and getting popular back when if you sang, you was a pussy. Yeah, that was all oh, this corny shit. Doo -doo -doo. Drake came along and made that shit popular. Before that, Andre 3000. Mm -hmm. Before that, Mystical. A bunch of other motherfuckers were saying, before that, any other night, you will be calling me, paging me. I don't even know them guys. They from Atlanta, though. I was coming out of that era, and they was just breaking the mold, yo. Niggas couldn't sing. You was, you know, I'm from Cabrini Green. I put out a song, um, My Ether. I filmed the Cabrini Green project. It's the only, only 
rap music video ever filmed in Cabrini Green. As far as authenticity, and in it, I'm singing. But anybody from Cabrini Green know me, I, you know, I, I used to box every day at Sewer Park. All that shit, you know, I ain't never killed nobody. But these these hands, you know, I, I definitely can defend myself. Whenever you do release projects and stuff, what gives you the feeling that it's the right time? Well, this particular project, Soul Trap, came out because Quavo put out a tweet, and, and it, he said, these niggas out here bringing their feelings to music. We should call it Trap Soul. And I felt motivated to re-remind the public that I created Soul Trap in 2010. 6047 Harper, Chicago, Illinois. 60647, I want to say, or 37. And it was a great apartment. And I used to invite people from the city over and we made a bunch of classic music. And um, I created Soul Trap. And uh, Brian Tiller put out Trap Soul years ago, maybe five years ago. And he put out Trap Soul because he couldn't put out Soul Trap. And I remember Mano, who produced the Weekend song that went like 20 times platinum, Diamond, double platinum, double diamond. Mano from Chicago, from Treaty Crew, used to DJ for Kanye. He went on his Twitter and he said, only Soul Trap we respect is Tree Soul Trap. And that's when, you know, Chicago motherfuckers stand up for each other like, nah, that's already in the books. Yo, I got classic songs. I got classic material. Soul Trap. I got Sunday School. Sunday School was a, was an album I put out 2012, and it wasn't even mixed. I didn't have the money to get it mixed. I put it out, and MTV put out a top five mixtape list. It was Rick Ross. It was Future. It was Young Thug. It was Gunplay, and it was Tree. I didn't have no money. I didn't, the album wasn't even mixed, and it made the top five mixtapes in the world, along with everybody who got, they had features from everybody, you know, how they did. Rick Ross was in his prime at the time. He was just coming into to himself. Young Thug, I had did a show with Young Thug one time in South by Southwest. This is how close I was to this, this shit, man, you know? Damn. This is how close I am to this shit, even to this day. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like there's just so much power, I guess, in moving, like, with that understanding of, like, the value doesn't come from anybody else. Like, you know, you know, you can drop whenever you want to drop to remind motherfuckers what it is, but it's like, you have that decision because you're not relying on anyone else to tell you what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, man, and I, I appreciate my fan base, you know. They empower me. They remind me that they need some real out here, and I'd be, I'd be obliged to give it to them, you know. I'd be just sitting on music and... I'm working on some music right now, Joe. That there's there's some of the best. I'm, I'm in I'm in the best headspace I've ever been in my life. Mm. You know, uh, I ain't gotta go work tomorrow. I ain't gotta go work Monday, and I really I really feel in tune with with, with, with what I want to say. I don't, like I said, I don't gotta write it down no more. So it just it just come out. And sometimes I just want to tell certain stories. There's certain songs I made. Uh, Police mind. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, and it spoke. And the, and the hook says. Makes me wonder how my white friends feel. I'm a nigga, I'm a nigga, and I might get killed by the police. This is way before 2020. This is way before America had to look at itself. With the pandemic and everybody being caged up in the house, news needed something to promote. And they found the, the black continued uh, civil rights uh, uh, shit. It's just, this is a continuation of the 1960s. This is all it is. But they found time to go back to it. 50 years later and it, a lot of things come have come to to the forefront and I'm, I'm thankful for 2020 and, and and even so with 2020 joe 2020 reminded me how negligent i've even been out there's a lot of shit i forgot about and as you What's move on you live you forget about certain things with the constant 
news coverage and everything, I found myself re I found myself back in that same situation, Joe, and and reliving certain things. Nowadays, you can hit somebody with your car in the accident. Five years later, they can come sue you in civil court saying they still have nightmares about this, that, and the other. And you'll be liable to pay them for the rest of their life, whatever amount of money. And America has been, America is becoming, you know, that's what America is right now. You know, it's 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 a lot of things going on right now. I forgot what I was talking about. I'm sorry. I've been drinking and smoking. Please forgive me. It's all good. You got to celebrate the release. (laughs) Gold trap. Yeah, I'm going to go to Fogo the Child. And my girl know I don't eat no beef or pork. But I guess I'm going to be eating beef and pork tonight. You got to celebrate. You got to celebrate. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up politics, too. And the fact that you said that if you if you weren't doing music, you would jump into the political or that you would have jumped into the political game. I feel like now, even when we do reflect back and listen to certain albums and even albums that were dropped 20 or 30 years ago, there's still that sense of political theme, especially within our community. The music speaks for itself in ways where we can just shine a light on what's happening out there. Yeah, you know, I. I don't really like to separate about this, then the other voting and all that shit because mm-hmm. in the regular conversation, I don't give a fuck about it. But we're talking mm-hmm. about how the world or how America needs to be dealt with and how everybody has to be accounted for. Then everybody should have a voice. And um, as we all know, you know, black folks, the black community, the black culture, Joe, the world thrives off of it. You know, I sing banking commercials where they're using slang. I, Insurance commercials where they, they McDonald's commercials and they, they playing Bump J. You know, this this is where we're living in, Joe. How you gonna embrace the culture and not embrace the people? How you gonna just take and how am I gonna sit by and not speak on it? And then when you go further in history, you see the shit that America and its instruments have done to the black community in a in a whole. How are we gonna sit and watch the police kill a motherfucker, he run away from the police, he shoot the motherfucker sixteen times in the back? And we don't know if he's guilty or not. And then I, as a black man, have to go back and point out 15 other atrocities from Pro to slavery to the whole civil rights. Act. I got to go point out this shit directly for you to say, OK, yeah, him shoot this motherfucker in the back 16 times on film is a crime. And then we have to go sit through it as a nation. Send this motherfucker to court and they get his nigga 32 months supervised provision six after six months he get released. This is the embarrassment. Why wouldn't I go kill a police officer? The best here's the better reckoning or, or the, the culmination of the statement I'm making. One day, and it may be one day far from now, but niggas gonna stop shooting each other. People are realizing that the violence is just sensitive. I don't wish you know? no harm on nobody. I'm 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 not wishing no harm. I don't want no Nothing. I don't want no, 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 no robbing, no pillaging. I don't want nothing. I don't want none of this. I don't want none of the, the whole storming the capital shit. I don't want none of that. But at the rate we're going, Joe, you know, niggas going to be extinct. I'm sorry. There's a movie called The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Mm-hmm. I think you guys should watch it. What is it called? The Spook Who Sat By The Door. It was released in the 1970s, and you can put it out right now, and it would fit right in. It was so visionary it was so beyond his time and i was thinking about that too it's like i don't think history entirely repeats itself but humans kind of do the same thing and i think that's where we go wrong yeah ain't nothing new under the sun joe Mm -hmm. ain't nothing new under the sun but my whole take on it is this if the police were targeting and beating up mexicans if i had a friend who was mexican 
if you're really my friend, or if I know of you and I know the shit you're going through, see, I'm going to back you up 100%. 1,000 percent, yeah. How can I hang out with you, get high with you, drop you off, let you drop me off, get drunk together, fight guys at bars together, and then let the police kill you? And not say nothing. So I know my mm. friend is being targeted. Every time I go over there, we get pulled up because we coming over his neighborhood. Mm. I have white friends that I lost in 2020. They'll repost all the famous TikToks and songs and dances and shit, but they won't say nothing about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. This is one of the models of life. If you live long enough, you're going to see all this shit. And you can't even be surprised with motherfuckers, yo. At this point in my life, yo, I don't even, look, I ain't even surprised. I done seen it. I ain't seen it. When I met you, it was water. You were so scared of everything. You wouldn't get on airplanes. I made your ass go harder. Now you be drinking everything. You ain't afraid of airplanes. 150's on the metal. You can call me Procter Gamble. Biggest dealing in the world. I was feeling all your girl. Tell my people what it pays like. I can get over the stage, right? I can put away the dirty money. I can go back in the stage lights. Plus, I hear my fans is mad at me. Like I get it, that's a bad attitude. Had to slow it down and get it right. But I'm back and nigga mad at me. Realest niggas want that soul from me. If they sound like me, then they stole from me. If I sound like them, you don't know me. And I put that on my old homies. Got a gold rolling and my neighbor knows me. But I pay for OZs and I lay up Kobe. Run around with a hundred thousand on a credit card. I got hella scar with a yellow bra. I met you, it was water. You were so scared of everything. You wouldn't get on airplanes. I made your ass go harder. Now you be drinking everything. You ain't afraid of airplanes. What if I never did trap it all? What if I never did rap it all? I got the feeling I'd be in the building with killers and we just be jabbing off. I got the money, no jacking off. Top of the morning, say how the boss. My bitch by the business and she got the sickness and I be a motherfucking talent all. Now she buying buildings and better bras. Better interior, better cars. I fucked around twice, she found about once. Forgot to me, she ain't never lost. Believing in Jesus, but never cross. My side bitch, a diva, Diana Ross. I see you sang Mary Jane on the boulevard. Want no Juilliard, it was truly hard. Getting out, 60 South, Mission Ave. I'm a better half, got a picking bags. Switching tags on these hoes. When I met you, it was water. You were so scared of everything, you wouldn't get on airplanes. I made your ass go harder. Now you be drinking everything, you ain't afraid of.